This is Napkin Scribbles, a podcast by Arthur and Professor Leonard Sweet. Today's Napkin Scribble is sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. Now here's Leonard Sweet. One of the first things you learn in a class in Hebrew thinking is that there is a different sense of time in Torah thinking and Judaism than in Western Christian culture. It's one of the first things you hear, but it's one of the first things you forget. <laughs> and so it's helpful to just to be reminded that in, in he, the Hebrew mind, time is not linear, but much more um, cyclic, even spiral. When you remember, you re-member. In other words, you experience it again you enter it as it happened one way, but you leave it changed. And so every cycle of time empowers us and changes us and makes us fresh and new again. So there's this, this kind of renewing, repristinating, revivifying, reinvigorating that comes with remembering. So it's not you're going back and rehashing, but you're, you're going back and re rebooting yourself in that moment, in that memory. And all of the Jewish festivals were times to do this. They were times to gather together and to re-member, to, to re-enter those stories, those memories, but to come out changed. That's why they were also called convocations of holiness or holy convocations. You see that exact phrase in Leviticus 23, 36, which really means a calling out of holiness, so it's less a, a the festival is not a declaration of holiness, which some people have just totally mistaken, um, but a drawing out of holiness. And these holy convocations um, appear in in the biblical descriptions. Uh, this calling out of almost every holy day. Um, Here's the book of Isaiah. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. The Hebrew root of the, root of the word mikra, and the Hebrew um, will, if you know some Hebrew, you'll, you'll know that you recognize the root by its other meanings. Reading, and especially calling, is in the basic Hebrew question, you know, what is your name? But it really means how do they call you? So it's a calling out of who you are. And so the mikra is a dress rehearsal for your calling out. And the Hebrew name for the Bible is mikra, which means literally a summons, an invitation to hear your calling out. Who are you? Your identity call. And, and this is what it means to read the scripture. To read originally meant to call, likro mikra. Um, is a call to hear, to listen, to hear. To, it's a summons to, to live as, as who you were made to be. But it's a call, and we need to understand this, it's not a literary call. It, it's not a textual call. It's an oral call. The, the Torah was first communicated orally from mouth to ear. We've made it from eye to head. But it was originally from mouth to ear. And that gives it a whole different connotation. So now you're dealing with vibrations and frequencies and energies and, and, um, 
and relationships as well. There were three major feasts uh, with unique theological significance. And one, of course, was the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Passover. The other was the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost. And then the Feast of Booths, Sukkoth. And you have other festivals mentioned, but the three that were required for your calling out uh, as a Hebrew person was those three, Passover, Pentecost, and Sukkoth. And they, there were other festivals, but these are the these are the key. Um, now, I, I just want to mention something about the this this one that we celebrate as um, the Passover. And uh, I want just to point you, alert you to some of the semiotics of of this story and this celebration. Because you were required to sacrifice a lamb and place its blood above the doorposts as a sign that the angel of judgment passed over them when they were in Egypt, sparing their lives. And you did this, you did this with a hyssop branch and you painted on the doorpost, which, which the cross becomes the new door, as you said, on the door, but the cross becomes the doorpost for this symbol of the, the Passover. After the Egyptians had received judgment, they admonished Israel to leave immediately. And in preparation for the Exodus, of course, people made bread without leaven, for it had no time to rise, so they were to eat their meal in haste, knowing that the following day would be the day of their deliverance, hence the, the unleavened bread and the significance of the unleavened bread. But I, I just want to just remind you of the importance of the semiotics of what these Hebrew slaves were doing in front of their masters before they were told, we can take you no more, get out. Number one, they, were, they slayed a lamb. Now, a sheep was one of the gods of the Egyptians. So here's what... The Hebrews were doing, they were taking an Egyptian god, the god that oppressed them, enslaved them, and they were killing it. This is biblical politics, revolutionary politics. Number two, they were told to roast it. They were not said to not cut it up, not boil it. Broil it on a spit, the whole God. In other words, the whole animal was to be barbecued so that the oppressors can smell it in their nostrils. Their God is burning in the air. This is real revolutionary politics. Number three, they were told to brush the blood on the doorposts of their house with that hyssop branch. They were to put it in a little bowl on the floor so that like, like, a kitten could eat like a milk uh, dish for kitten. No. Or how about painting it in a secret place so you don't get in trouble? No. Brush it on the entryway. Put the blood of your oppressor's gods on your entryway to your home so you can witness your faith to the true God that will deliver you. This is biblical politics. And then number four. 
Go inside and celebrate around the table the coming victory. <laughs> you're still slaves. You're, you're still um, trusting God to free you. But you are to celebrate a victory that you believe is coming and will move you from the status of a slave to Egypt to a servant of the one true living God. This is biblical revolutionary politics. Mikra. Call out. A calling out a summons to holiness. A holiness that is deeply revolutionary. And freed the Egyptians freed the, the Hebrews from the oppressors of the Egyptians. Um, what a story. What it must have been like for the Egyptians to have seen and smelled and, and witnessed their gods being desecrated right in their face. Thank you for listening to Napkin Scribbles. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend today. Today's Napkin Scribbles was sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. For Professor and Arthur Leonard Sweet, until next time, happy scratching and scribbling.